We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking week 11 standout performances, notable injuries, and even cuts. Plus, don't miss this segment. Priority ads to bring home your titles on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick. I'm joined by Dave Cabin. Dave, we're in the home stretch, man. We just finished week 11. In most formats, there are only three weeks left in the regular season. You know, whether you're playing head-to-head, whether you're playing in high-stakes tournament, uh, or even, you know, big best ball tournaments, uh, typically those are ending in, in week 14 before you start seeing you know, advancements into the uh, championship yep. rounds. It's, it's coming down, man. I can, I can really feel it. It's getting tight. You know, we got people wondering, are they going to get in the playoffs this year, or hang their heads? And so this is going to be a good show. Uh, to prep people to, for how to get those little edges in the past or in the final three weeks of the season. So uh, we got to review some of the standout performances from this week first and talk, you know, just a little bit of NFL news, but we're really going to focus this show on, on a couple sneaky trade targets uh, at running back and wide receiver, and then how to play the defense and special teams cards in leagues where you have that opportunity uh, to, to get an edge over the opponents. Maybe it's playing, maybe it's actually playing defense by keeping these uh, teams off of your opponent's rosters, or maybe it's putting them in your own lineups. Uh, but we don't want to lose sight of that potential edge to Dave. So, Hey, before you get a drop and we get into our player of the week, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing all right, but I have to say I am coming off of an absolute slaughter of a fantasy football weekend. <laughs> It was one of the roughest weekends I've ever seen. Uh, I had numerous teams where it was very hard to even field a group of players that I was expecting to be healthy enough to get on the field, especially with some of the teams like Miami on by. So I am just ready to get on to next week and start, you know, looking forward to what's to come the rest of the season. Still have teams, even with these pitiful performances that will be in the playoffs. And, you know, the time to start prepping for them is now. Man, I had a couple of those too. Uh, one dynasty league that's a deeper dynasty league uh, that comes to mind. It's a super flex situation. Um, and it's like, you know, 30 players rostered per team. So I got frozen out of Kyler Murray going tonight. 
with mm-hmm. no other Niner or Cardinal available to me on my team. So just taking a big fat zero yep. Yep. in my super flex spot. So that's going to hurt. Uh, that team is uh, on the wild card bubble as we speak. So that's going to be a costly loss. I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I think we have a, a fair amount of overlap, you know, a, across our, our ownership. And so, you know, this, this was one of my rougher weeks too. Uh, but there were some real bright spots, man. So we don't want to gloss over that. And these are a couple of players that that we do have some exposure to. So it'll be fun to chat about them. Who are our players of the week, Dave? All right. Well, the first player of the week here uh, comes with a name that I don't know if he's been mentioned maybe since the season started. But what a performance for Samaje Pirine. Puts up 30.2 PPR points, Curtis. 11 rushes for just 30 rushing yards, but more importantly, sees four targets, records four interceptions, and uh, three of them happen to be touchdowns, adds 52 yards as a receiver. Samaje P. Ryan with what I believe is his best week probably in the history of his career. Uh, NFL career, Dave. Okay, yes. You yes, might recall yes. <laughs> 2014 freshman, just a young whippersnapper at Oklahoma. <laughs> Samaje Pirine rushed for 427 <laughs> yards. He's the in- you may not have known. I did not uh, know this that. This is yet. a good bar bet. Mm-hmm. Sing- single game college football rushing record holder, Samaje Pirine, 427 yards against Kansas. Wow. Yeah. So agree. I mean, the, un- unforgettable. Um, this week from Samaja Pirine is literally the best case that I can make for uh, at least playing some dynasty best ball <laughs> in your portfolio because, you know, he, he is not being started outside of extreme desperation from a team that's totally out of it. Um, but you do get to enjoy the points in best ball. So, yeah, good on him. And it, that's it. Hey, I mean, from a real football perspective, it's nice that the Bengals, you know, have an option you know to move the ball out of the backfield i mean mixon hasn't been super efficient this year anyway and with him now and the concussion protocol yep. you know p ryan might be a way to 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 ride a backup running back uh, to some additional points here over the next week or two for sure so we definitely wanted to highlight him i also just do want to call out tony pollard a back that we've talked a lot about on the show who's getting to show what he's able to do uh, and what he's able to do is a lot of good stuff on the football field. 15 rushes for 80 yards, saw six targets, caught all six of them, a- added 109 receiving yards and two rushing touchdowns. Again, 36.9 points, highest scoring running back of the week. Okay, we're just going to just real quick on the fly. I did not have this prepared, but Tony Pollard is still, I mean, he's he's one of my favorite game splits players ever since we've since this was available phenom uh yeah so so again you know it didn't change this this stat didn't change um you know this week uh too too much because you know ezekiel elliott was back out there on the field but just to remind everyone in the three career uh and the three career games that tony pollard has played without ezekiel elliott he's averaged 28.9 ppr so, so that's a pretty awesome one. And if we remove Zeke um, from that split, and then let's just say, let's just say, I mean, I don't even know what this result's going to say. I'm going to, I'm going to put in rushing attempts 
greater than what did you say you had 15 carries i'm gonna say yeah greater i do greater than, than 10, 10 okay greater than 10 Let's yeah. just greater than 10 so greater than 10 rushing attempts uh he averages 16 ppr less than 10 rushing attempts averages 6.49 so that's kind of the classic you know running back you know volume is king let's just go a little higher were you gonna say 12 i was gonna say 14 14 let's go 14 Um, it's not updated from this past week, but he yep. only had prior to that. He only had one career game with 14 All rushes. Right. Well, that's no so I think that's, All right, that's more that doesn't work. Uh, descriptive of how the Cowboys have utilized yep. uh, Pollard over his career. But the point is uh, give him more touches. Good things will happen. Uh, it's really starting to look like, you know, he's gonna be a little late to get to this point in his career. You know, a couple years in, he just reminds me so much of Jamal Charles, man. Um, kind of has that same slashing, you know, running style. He can hit the big home runs, not a player that the team has really ever entrusted with, you know, 20 plus touches on the regular is kind of the thing that we always lamented about Jamal Charles usage uh, in Kansas city. So it'd be really interesting. One of the the cool players to track this upcoming off season as he is a free agent, Dave. So let's get to the snoozer. As I've mentioned, there was a lot of snoozing going on this weekend could have included the Minnesota Vikings could have called out Kirk Cousins, but I did see a fair amount of this game, and I feel like Zach Wilson has to draw the snoozer of the week this week. That's what happens when you complete just nine passes on 22 attempts, put up just 77 yards, and uh, not a whole lot else. Did add 26 rushing yards, finishes with 5.7 fantasy points, in a really terrible offensive effort by the Jets. Wilson made some really bad throws too um, in that game. Actually outscored, get this Curtis, outscored by Bryce Perkins of the Rams who went five for 10. Um, <laughs> I think that says all you need to hear, right? <laughs> okay. Well, I have an honorable, men- dishonorable mention for yep. snoozer because... Yep. You're only starting Zach Wilson, even in an uncomfortable super flex situation. I mean, this is like an airing of grievances, man, because Josh Allen. Okay. Josh Allen has been asleep for two weeks. Josh Allen, you're depending on, you invested in him with the idea that he would win weeks for you all season long. And and, and even in weeks where he didn't maybe win it, he wasn't going to lose your week. Josh Allen could have lost your week for you this week. 12.6 fantasy points. And then now this is two weeks in a row uh, with with real subpar efforts from, you know, the overall QB1. I mean, just 19 uh, points last week. You know, he did have 330 passing yards, but, a, you know, a pair of turnovers kind of almost eliminated all of the 84 rushing yards that he had. You know, it's been a little bit of a rocky couple of weeks here. You know, teams are, I think, hoping that Allen can find his form again. Diggs has really been the whole offense. And I know Allen's not totally 100%, but... Hopefully he gets right. This is a weird hiccup to have in the middle of the season. Yeah, that's true. I think, I mean, we do need to call out the fact that, you know, Allen definitely not at 100%, but I think as far as the people that uh, invested heavily in Josh Allen go, they are not feeling pretty great right now. And meanwhile, you have in front of him players like Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, and Marcus Mariota, who we should give a little love to here. Since week six, Marcus Mariota, granted he's played one more game than some of these other other players, but he has given you in that stretch 102 points. So good on Mariota. 
Yeah, not not too shabby for you know waiver wire fodder, uh, averaging twenty points a week over the last five. Uh, it's it's pretty solid. So there are your players and snoozers of the week. We're gonna need a drop because we're gonna hard transition right into the strength of schedule streaming after. <laughs> All right, so uh, kind of uh, overlapping exercises here a little bit. We wanted to talk uh, about some of our findings from a, a review of the Strength of Schedule sc- uh, streaming app together earlier today. And there are some players that maybe just below the surface uh, you wouldn't think would be, you wouldn't think of as trade targets because they're not like the elite names. You know, when you're thinking about trying to bring home a title, you know, well, sure, it sounds great to go get Justin Jefferson or it sounds great to go get Derrick Henry or Christian McCaffrey or Travis Kelsey. I mean, those players aren't available to you realistically because those teams that, that are rostering those players are also probably pretty good. Yep. Um, so, so we're looking for players who maybe have underperformed or been inconsistent uh, but have recently found their footing. So, you know, maybe in Dynasty, uh, an owner is looking to, to divest. And, and sell back at, at market value that's been regained or, you know, in a regular season standpoint, these are players that you might be able to, or a, a, a redraft uh, perspective, rather, you might be able to pry away just by meeting you know, your opponent's positional need uh, while you're trying to satisfy your own as well. And so we'll start at the running back uh, position, Dave, a couple, couple promising weeks here from, from Najee Harris had a big play. Uh, this past week. And if you look at the the rest of the way, all the way from week 12 through the end of the fantasy playoffs, Najee Harris has the sixth, easy, sixth easiest schedule of all running backs. And, and really, um, other than the other guy that we will name, uh, he's the, probably the most attainable. So, you know, how much stock do you put in that? I mean, it looks like the volume has swung back his way. The, the Pittsburgh offense looked a little bit more dynamic, actually putting up 30 points. Uh, against the Bengals, you know, so they, it looks like they put the bye week to good use and, and found some explosiveness. Is Najee a player that you would consider trading for in Dynasty? I mean, we've lamented how disappointed uh, we've been in him all year this year. <laughs> so this one gets particularly interesting because I believe it was last week after you and I finished recording. <laughs> yeah. You started coming, uh, you know, in strong with some potential, you know, ways to try to get me to make a move and bite on but, taking Najee. Yeah, take him off my hands, man. I did not want to do that. Uh, but I will say, I think in the context of if you were looking for a guy in Dynasty that could maybe help out your team down the stretch this year and then can continue to contribute next year, who you might be able to get right now at a price that is lower than what you think it's going to be at the at at the end of the season. Najee looks like a good player to go for. And one of the major reasons that I see this is it looks like all of the things are lining up for him to accrue some value. As yeah. you mentioned, we're seeing an uptick in usage, though he's not efficient and the Steelers offense hasn't been particularly efficient. We are seeing him manage to get in positions to score fantasy points. And there definitely is something to be said about that upcoming schedule in years past. We've seen how the schedule can really make or break a player's second half, uh, which becomes very important. And I think that given all of this, you can expect another couple of good games from Najee, which I think might get you to the point where if you start to feel 
um, less certain about Najee heading into next year, he might have accrued enough value that then it's a little bit easier for you to move him. So I guess the long and the short of it is I would be going for Najee if you think that you can get him at uh, a price that's less than what it's going to be at the end of the season. So if you're getting a fair deal now, it might be okay. Yeah, I think where I would place, and you could tell me if if this sounds just right or uh, mm-hmm. if you go higher or, or, or wouldn't go this high. I think in Superflex, a trade that might make sense for both teams, right? Because that's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. If you are on the playoff bubble, you know, you're an RB2 away, you know, from really feeling like you've, you've got a competitive squad with a, a chance to win, but you're sitting in the middle of the standings right now. I think you can just trade next year's first for, for Najee. If this, that's what you want to do. If you want to make a run at it, I think that's appealing to both sides because in Superflex, you know, the 2023 class is going to be viewed as pretty deep. Now I'm not necessarily saying you should do this, but if, if this is the piece that you need uh, to potentially make a run at, especially in a higher stakes format yeah. where there's even more on the line, I think that would have appeal on both sides. Now, and it's a little dicier in, in single QB. I, I think, I think managers of Najee Harris might, you know, really try to milk it uh, and, yeah. and get a first plus in those situations. So maybe his easiest market would be in Superflex. All right. So pivoting to another player with an even more favorable schedule. In fact, the easiest schedule of any running back in fantasy the rest of the way. Breakout player. In 2022, he's going to be on that short list. He's a zero RB all-star this year. Ramondre Stevenson of your New England Patriots, Dave. Easiest schedule rest of the way. He's only got two. You know, For those of you that are familiar with our strength of schedule streaming app, uh, it's, it's kind of a, a stoplight system here. We've got dark green to light green. Uh, we've got we've got white uh, to pink to red. And, you know, there's really only two just very light pink matchups out of the, the last six weeks. And then it's green the rest of the way, baby. So Ramondre's got the Vikings, uh, the Bills, the Cardinals. He's got a juicy wild card round matchup in the playoffs against the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, and then plays the Bengals, which, you know, they are one of those uh, pink defenses in, in terms of fantasy uh, running back play. But I mean, you get into week 17 or week 16, you start talking about weather games. You start talking about you know, the, the opportunity for Stevenson to, to do some damage as a, a receiver uh, in any game script against a high-flying Bengals offense. You know, this could be a game with playoff ramifications. I think you can almost throw it out the window in that week. And then in week 17, another game that could have some big stuff on the line and they're going to face the Dolphins. So Ramondre Stevenson going to be pretty tough to grab in Dynasty I think that same price point that we mentioned for Najee, there's players moving in opposite directions could make sense. But Dave, anybody come to mind maybe in, in redraft, if you are strong at wide receiver in particular, what types of players might you try to, to move for Ramondre in moves that would, you know, at least on the surface, benefit both rosters? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think I could see some situations where maybe you probably have to go because I think at this point, Ramondre has picked up enough steam. Now, perhaps yeah. people start to worry about the fact that, you know, you're going to have Harris getting back into the mix um, and that this is a Patriots running back and things could change. Um, so you have to find somebody that maybe buys into that. But I- I'm inclined to say like a wide receiver too, you might be able to make this work, right? Like somebody in that 16 yeah. to 19 type of range where that team has the running back pieces they need. They're looking for a wide receiver. You don't have the wide receiver pieces. You need a running back. And, uh, you know, that's probably going to be not the type of deal you necessarily want to put out there at first. But I think if you're looking to get it done, you're going to have to give up some real value here. Yeah. I think especially when those players have some name value, like a, a player that, that jumped out right away to me was like Mike Evans. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, that that's a, a player that the, you know, the other manager might have some confidence in, um, you know, playoff Brady narrative, you know, all of those types of things. Um, I think that's the perfect type of player that you're looking to move. Another thing that you could do if you're trying to optimize the ceiling of your team by trading for a player like Ramondre, if you're a manager who had the, the stones to hold on to Traylon Burks all season. Yeah. Right you know, Traylon burst onto the scene this week. It really looks like he's going to be the focal point of that Titans passing offense, making the bet that he can continue those performances down the stretch and then trading away a, a player uh, that that's helped you get to the point that you're at. Now, you know, you, you move that player, you know, maybe you have been starting Mike Evans, for example, you know, all season long and, and you move him and even a player like AJ Brown, um, you know, I, I think you can you can get a little bit creative with the types of players that you're willing to move. I mean, A.J. Brown hasn't been quite as consistent as we had hoped he would be this year. And in fact, he's you know, hovering in there as a low-end wide receiver one. You might have to trade a player, you know, of that level to get an exciting, you know, kind of breakout running back. Uh, so, you know, think, of, think about the context of your bench, who you're willing to ride, you know, sometimes getting to that that trophy week, it takes a little bit of creativity. So I have actually two teams where I'm considering doing that uh, this week, Dave, and, and we can report back later this week if I execute any deals. But that's the beauty of of drafting and, and sitting on some of those rookie wide receivers. We saw what Garrett Wilson did earlier in this year, but it looks like playoff Burks might actually be the narrative that uh, would, would help somebody unlock some ceiling in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. And I wanted to add a name here, uh, of a player that if I had them on my team and I needed to improve somewhere else, I would be looking to unload. And I want to do so because I think it helps give a sense of maybe different ways that you could go in and identify players that would make sense for this. So one player that came to mind for me was Christian Kirk. And one reason for this is if you go into the fantasy streaming app, you look rest of season, you can see that Jaguars wide receivers have the absolute <laughs> the hardest, toughest. 
remaining schedule. It's just red. Yeah, it's just red. <laughs> just looks like a hot tamale exactly. across the bottom of the. It's, then it's bad. you think about the fact that you're coming off of a stretch where Kirk had some big games, right? So in week nine against the Raiders, put up 21.6, put up 31.5 against Kansas City. He has, though, had a stretch of games between weeks four to eight where he really was not getting it done for you. As a result, at this moment, his PPR per game is kind of elevated over what I think I would be expecting for the rest of the season, right? So he comes in right now at wide receiver 13 with expected points per game rank of 14. But given the way some of that has to come together in the remaining schedule, it seems to me unlikely that he stays here. Thus, he becomes a good candidate to move because another owner might not have the information that you have if you are looking in the streaming app um, and if you're thinking through some of these things. So he might be a type of player, too, that I would move if I were trying to go after somebody like Ramondre. Yeah. Uh, and then the last, I think, category of player. So we talked about kind of the name brand player. We talked about, okay, so I don't think Kirk is a name that will draw interest from everyone. Yeah. But I think that the sharpest players would be the audience because they know the value that Kirk has brought to the table. But also the sharpest players are going to be looking ahead at the schedule when they look at, yeah. when they look at the trade. So it, I, I think that's, that's correct. It's directionally correct to suggest Kirk and especially in casual leagues that that move might work. Um, so I really like that. Another um, pair of name brand receivers that, that um, came to me as you were talking there would actually just be the 49ers wide receivers. You know, since we've added Christian, Christian McCaffrey to the mix now that George Kittle also looks like he's staying healthy. Um, you know, Debo hasn't produced like he did last year. And Ayuk is probably going to have only splash weeks without having that true consistency that he, they was having earlier in the season, you know, rest of the way. I think Debo and Brandon Ayuk are both names that could net you a player like Ramondre or if yeah. not Ramondre, uh, Najee. So, so, you know, uh, again, there's a couple other options, but I think you get the idea. We wanted to uh, suggest that uh, a, a couple specific trades, but then also encourage people to be thinking about, you know, trades that are going to help you, you know, win money, win bragging rights, win titles over the next six weeks. I mean, time is running out. Uh, week 12 is actually the, uh, the trade deadline. And, and, and many uh, leagues that I meant, this may even be your last chance to make a move. Yeah. And, and the thing too is, it seems sometimes very hard to make moves. But really, if you th- put out good trades there, you actually put yourself in the, se- in the shoes of the other owner and come from the perspective of how, if I'm the other owner, do I actually feel like I'm coming out ahead in this trade? You can make some happen. Might take, you know, sending out a number of offers, but it is achievable. All right. So um, we talked about some trade targets. We also wanted to talk, oh, uh, at running back. Yep. Then at wide receiver, there are two teams. We'll highlight a little bit more quickly here. I think my top trade target amongst wide receivers rest of the way might be Terry McLaurin, Dave. So we got uh, we got a note over the weekend that Taylor Heineke is going to be the starter rest of season, regardless of Carson Wentz's health. I mean, uh, Washington has some some momentum. You know, locker room seems to have galvanized. And McLaurin, man, he's just been a different player with Heineke um, versus really any other quarterback over the past two seasons. So with Heineke versus other Washington quarterbacks uh, over 
the course of 2021 and 2022, McLaurin averaging more than three PPR uh, extra per game. But when you really drill down into 2022, the difference has been crazy. So he's averaging six and a half more PPR per game in his four games with Heineke uh, versus uh, the games without Heineke. That would be good enough, Dave. Uh, His 16.57 PPR in that sample per game puts McLaurin actually at wide receiver 12, almost in a dead heat with AJ Brown, who we were talking about earlier as a low end wide receiver one. And so, I mean, that, that's kind of what I think McLaurin drafters had in mind. It was on, on the expectation that Carson Wentz would help push the offense forward. Uh, and that's what was propelling McLaurin into, you know, those, you know, round four uh, ADPs last summer, but I think he's going to deliver real value the rest of the way. The street, the strength of schedule streaming app uh, highlights that, Washington has the second easiest schedule for wide receivers the rest of the way. What will help make McLaurin attainable, though, is there's a week 14 buy situation for Washington. And so if McLaurin is on the roster of a playoff bubble team yep. that must win two out of the next three or all of the next three, they may be forced to deal with McLaurin in order to feel better about their starting lineup in week 14. So I think this is a player that um, you could see, you know, change hands a lot and redraft in addition to um, dynasty, of course. And, you know, McLaurin is entering that prime age. He doesn't look like he's ever going to emerge as the true uh, alpha target hog on the level of a, a truly elite dynasty asset that we, we thought of. But I mean, if Washington has basically said, hey, Wentz ain't it, um, maybe Heineke's not. But if as long as Wentz isn't it, then we know that they're going to continue to search for, you know, a, a higher standard at quarterback. And so that should give you a little bit of confidence, you know, with McLaurin, who's locked up there for the next couple of years, that he can continue to give you the high-end wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one production. And I don't think he's going to command the same type of value as a player like A.J. Brown, who's a couple years younger, but really giving you the same level of fantasy output. So I think McLaurin may be even a sneakier buy in Dynasty. Again, I think you could potentially get him for a single first um, in super flex formats. And I would actually feel even better about making that move for McLaurin than, you know, say a Najee Harris who we were talking about uh, earlier in the episode, but you know, positional need does come into effect here. Yeah. And that actually makes me want to note too, Jahan Dotson was really solid at the beginning of the year. And I'm not bringing this up as something that I think might stymie what you could get from McLaurin, because I'm not sure, you know, how much, um, he's going to see in terms of targets, but I think that Dotson might be a really sneaky way to try to get into this offense too. Um, sure. In, in some leagues, if you just want to have another player on your bench for the stretch who possibly could get back, uh, you know, into your lineup once or twice. Another offense to target uh, and actually the third easiest schedule rest of way. And again, another, uh, no, sorry, they've are, they're past their by, but 30 easiest schedule rest of the way. Um, with two out of the three next uh, weeks also being fully green-lighted with, um, oh, no, I'm looking at the wrong team here. Indy does have a week 14 by, again, excuse me, I'm tripping all over myself here. So these players also potentially available because of the bye week conundrum for their managers. It's the Colts wide receivers, man. And Paris Campbell has shown a lot of chemistry um, with Matt Ryan, uh, Michael Pittman's, uh, prognosis rest of season looks a little bit better, you know, in the post uh, Sam Hunter era. So uh, the Colts are going to try to be competitive at least. And so you would think they would continue to, to feature their best patch pass catchers uh, with Matt Ryan at the helm. 
Um, Pittman, I think Dynasty Arrow a little bit down as he's underperforming, probably available uh, for maybe slightly more than McLaurin uh, due to the age difference. Um, but also other owners may even be you know more willing to move a, a player like this who they were kind of counting on joining that uh, super elite ranks this year. And then Campbell, I think for many dynasty owners, seems like a classic sell high player who had almost no value uh, right. going into the season and now looks like you know a very viable fantasy flex rest of season. So uh, both players that you could consider targeting in dynasty or and redraft that are probably, you know, much cheaper than the running backs we were talking about uh, earlier in the show. Certainly. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely options out there. Hopefully this helps you think through some of those different avenues that you could explore. Um, We have a couple more notes here, Curtis. One, I think we should mention just because it's interesting as to what happens now, Melvin Gordon getting caught from the Denver Broncos (laughs) backfield, which has become this backfield has had quite a journey in the 2022 season has become a real hodgepodge of names and they're coming in and out chase Edmonds, uh, injured also. Right. So this looks like Latavius Murray and, uh, you know, going to be in break this down for me here. I can't even, I, I, my mind is struggling to even come up with words to, to discuss the situation. I mean, I think it, it means Latavius is poverty level Damian Pierce rest of the year. Okay. okay. <laughs> right. So uh, uh, if things bounce absolutely correctly and Denver, you know, um, luck boxes its way into field position inside the team's opposing five, then Murray could provide some touchdown level utility in a given week. But I mean, he's, he's flex level at best uh, based off of the volume and, I mean, he is going to get, I don't know how many high value touches there really will be in the Denver Broncos offense, yeah. but he's going to get all of them, yeah. um, which is, you know, pr- pretty similar uh, to the situation, uh, you know, in Houston. I mean, these are just putrid teams. Um, so, th- so that's a good one to note. And then, you know, we talked a little bit, Dave, earlier about uh, the Samaja Pirine breakout uh, last week with with the three touchdowns, but Joe Mixon's in the in concussion protocol. Uh, so he could potentially be out. So, you know, uh, Pirine, becomes a little bit uh, more streamable. And then, you know, with, with Gordon's uh, release, you know, trying to find places where he would make sense, you know, he's going to want to sign with a contender. I think there are some contenders that have some, some needs mm-hmm. um, and, you know, maybe just running down these, these possible offenses will help illustrate, you know, whether or not Gordon should be a priority target for you on waivers. And I mean, I, I think for most people, he really should be. Um, you know, we're, we're really focusing on competitive squads here. Miami just made the trade for Jeff Wilson. Don't think uh, he's a good fit for what they do on offense. Baltimore stands out as a potential situation where Melvin could land. If, if memory serves correctly, he may have even done some camp time there before, or maybe it was just rumors uh, back before he landed in Denver. For some reason, I've got Melvin connected Maybe it was even this last offense or last off season before he re-signed. I think so in Denver. Yeah, um, but but I, I have him connected with Baltimore in my mind, and you know they're really just uh, Kenyon Drake situation. You know, right now I think Gus Edwards has already uh, been ruled out again for next week, uh, potentially. So that's a team to watch, situation to watch there. If if the Joe Mixon concussion looks iffy, 
for multiple weeks, you know, perhaps even a team like Cincy who doesn't want to invest much at the running back position could bite there. Uh, Philadelphia beyond uh, Miles Sanders, not sure how comfortable they are uh, with the rest of their cast of characters supporting Jalen Hurts. And obviously they want to be loaded up for, you know, the long run. San Francisco just traded for CMC. Seattle's got Kenneth Walker, but not much else. Uh, you know, maybe Melvin can stay out there on the West Coast where he spent, you know, all of his career. And then the Giants kind of stand out too. You know, they, they're outperforming their record. Um, they've only got Matt Breda behind Saquon Barkley. So, I mean, I think those are all offenses where Gordon could, you know, provide value. I mean, he's no matter what, he's probably going to land with a good team. Yeah. And so he's at least going to have, you know, some, some touchdown upside. And, you know, I don't know how much is out there really on the waiver wire running back. So you've got to prioritize him. Hey, one more thing that might be worth mentioning uh, for like very shallow redraft leagues out there too. OBJ might be coming back at some point. Yeah. He might be another name just adding onto your bench just to see what happens at this point. If you want to just add a little bit more depth as you make your playoff run. Yeah, it looks like Dallas and New York have really emerged yep. as the the likely landing spots with uh, visits, quote unquote, after Thanksgiving. Um, yep. So as early <laughs> as Friday, potentially. Um, let's let's round out the show with some um, some quick defense targets uh, for the waiver wire this week. You know, you can you can target these defenses to use on your own. You can play defense by keeping the defense away from your opponent. Um, but we, this is one of my favorite things that you and I do every year, you know, bidding a week or two early on some of those, uh, you know, team defense and special team situations that, you know, can be your number two that you kind of stream back and forth between, between here and, you know, the end of the season, um, or, you know, maybe even just give you that one week upside, uh, as you try to solidify your, your playoff spots. Uh, again, you know, we're back in the strength of schedule streaming app, uh, to get, these options for you the top overall defense and they are rostered i believe in fewer than 20 percent of casual leagues uh per at least the espn ownership that we were looking at before uh the show started dave the chargers the chargers have the top schedule in the playoffs um as well um they do have a tricky matchup in the first week of the fantasy playoffs with the titans I do think there's some situations where that could still end up being a good game script for them. If they could get out to an early lead now that Keenan Allen's healthy and the Chargers offense is looking a little bit better, if they could force the Titans into a passing game script, you know, that could be sack city turnover city. You know, Ryan Tannehill has put up some real clunkers in those situations over the last couple of years. So they're, you know, they're still potentially usable in that week, but you know, they're the top overall defense the rest of the way, and they're available in four out of every five leagues out of there. So that's one to consider. If you're looking for a claim, you know, there's not a lot of teams that have good matchups six weeks, right? So now, now we're going to shrink it down. Just top defense, rest of the regular season, weeks 12, 13, 14, it's actually Seattle. And they are less than 50% owned. Um, you know, coming off the bye, you know, they were cut in a lot of different spots. So that's your priority move. Um, if you are on the playoff bubble and you need those next three weeks, you've got to have a team that you can just pencil in there and, and forget about it. It's the Seahawks. And then Dave, if, if you can't get Seattle and you can't get Los Angeles, they're not available in your league or you're in a league where you don't have fab and you've got like 10th priority or something like that, you're going to have to look a little deeper. And so your, your top two week streaming options just for the next two weeks uh, that are available in greater than 50% 
of casual leagues are Atlanta and Miami. Um, any any team stand out there to you, or maybe you would even share what you'd consider bidding on a team. Like, let's focus on Seattle. You're on the playoff bu- bubble. How much are you willing to bid of your remaining fab? So let's say I'm just going to do this in terms of a thousand bucks because most of the leagues that I'm in, you have a thousand bucks. Let's say at this point I have like 325 left. If this yeah. is a team I think is going into the playoffs. I know a lot of people might think this is crazy because I'm probably really overpaying, but to lock it in, I might even go up to like 45. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's actually, I think I'd even go you might higher, even go higher I, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd go higher. I mean, if, if you at a, a streamable position where, you know, you're fully green lighted for three weeks and all of the, I mean, you can't take your fab with you, you know, right. and, and I, I mean, I, I might even go 30% of remaining. Yeah. I wouldn't have a problem with that either, to be honest. I mean, on a lot of the teams that I've been on too, like when we're feeling really good and we know that we don't need spots elsewhere, we definitely will go very aggressively. And more often than not, it ends up proving itself as having been a good way to spend those dollars. Yeah. Again, I mean, you can't take it with you. And if you don't claim them, somebody else is going to, and it is going to just gut you to watch somebody else claim them for 11 bucks. Um, so, so you might as well, you're going to feel a lot better. Even if you don't end up starting them, you feel a lot better knowing that nobody else can. For sure. Does that round out all the notes we had on defense? I believe it does, sir. I think so. Um, you know, I, it occurs to me that we haven't talked about our holiday schedule with it being Thanksgiving, um, this week. So for the listeners, I mean, we'll be back, uh, and as good as ever, you know, tomorrow night. Um, remains to be seen whether we'll record on Thanksgiving night or maybe we'll release a show a day late uh, this weekend. We know it's crunch time, so we want to make sure that we get uh, all of that analysis out there to you. But be sure uh, to check all the great articles on the site at rotaviz.com to stay up with the latest news and notes and strategies uh, to bring home those titles. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.